You're listening to DA Rockstar's podcast, a podcast for dental assistants. I'm your host, Rhonda Holman. I've been a dental assistant for 20 years and I've learned a thing or two along the way. And here's what I've learned. We have to band together to share our pearls so that we can all grow and achieve rockstar status. Thanks for tuning in to episode 79. This week on the show, we got Lori Owens. Now, she is the director of medical billing education for DevNet. She knows her stuff, and she drops amazing pearls this week talking about the role that the dental assistant has in medical billing for the dental practice. We're calling it Lights, Camera, Action, the internal role of the dental assistant on medical billing. So stay tuned. Today's episode is powered by Zen Supplies. It's the next generation of purchasing dental supplies on an online platform where all of the products from any distributor are in one place. You get to compare prices and products and have complete confidence in your distributor and your ability to monitor all of your supplies and your purchases, right? It's never having to feel that feeling of running out of supplies and you get to minimize the time that it takes for you to do your orders. This way you can focus on the million other things that dental assisting jobs come with. If you guys want to learn more about Zen Supplies, visit www.zensupplies.com. Well, hi guys. Welcome back to the show. I have a superstar guest on the show today. I have Lori Owens. She's the Director of Medical Billing Education at DevDent. And she is an expert in medical billing. And Lori, if you don't mind, could you go ahead and just introduce yourself to our audience? Absolutely. So I uh, worked as Dr. Michael Cohen. Uh, he's the founder of Seattle Study Club. I was his treatment coordinator and basically generally wore every hat I could possibly wear um, and, and mainly doing medical billing to increase our um, case acceptance as well as income, uh, finding more people um, not being able to afford their treatment. And so that was a big problem, um, not to mention the fact that with more general dentists placing implants in perio, there, there needs to come a different avenue or revenue stream. And so that's kind of where I started. Um, in that, um, I obtained my CPC and CPB through the AAPC, a certified professional coder, certified professional biller, and uh, started with DevDent about a year and a half ago um, because we want to make this thing easier for offices. So we also have a software so that is it's dental friendly. You put your dental code in, we'll tell you the medical uh, cross code that you can choose, and then give you some ideas of what diagnosis codes correspond to that that procedure. And so we want to make it easier on all accounts. So in education for um, our hygiene and our assistants, helping them know what our our billers are looking for is huge because honestly, I could never have done or been as successful as I have been without my dental assistants and my hygienists. There's no way. Um, They made it to where my job was so much easier. And so that's kind of why I reached out to you, Rhonda. I want to share the things that I believe um, make a rock star dental assistant, as well as their integral role in how how we are able to gain these benefits through medical billing. Oh, so absolutely, absolutely. Really and we all need to hear this, Lori, because 
dental assistants in the back, you know, sometimes we see tunnel vision. Uh, you know, you, you're looking at your procedures, your steps, your protocols, but you have to realize that if you do something in the back, but you don't annotate it, you don't put it in the computer, you don't communicate mm -hmm. with the front about what you did, how do you expect the ball not to drop? <laughs> Right. And, and that, that it's so amazing because we don't want the assistants to think that it's, you know, it's all them. That's a lot of pressure. They're already under a lot of pressure throughout the day. And that's not um, something that we need for them to decide. Is this a medical case? Is this a dental case? If they write all of their notes as if it was a medical case, they will have no problems either way. So right. I don't want them to think that there's, you have to shift for a medical case and then shift back for your dental. I'm looking to do everything the same way. And I think dental assistants have this huge vital role. Uh, it's almost like star of the show. That's kind of why I titled it Lights, Camera, Action, because they really do have multiple parts within this play. And if their parts are not done, the whole play could fall apart. Right, and, and so Lori, when you're talking about noting, can we just be a little bit more specific? Are we referring to soap notes? Well, see, and everybody, I, I'm gonna go back to, yeah, soap notes, but we're not talking about laying it out as S-O-A-P, the way a lot of people think. Your note just needs to be comprised of the components of what soap is. What is the subjective? What's their chief complaint? Why are they there? What's happened before they got there? And that is uh, all the information that our dental assistants obtain. So let me, let me go through number one, because I have all this in here for y'all. <laughs> and then I even have something that I have just for assistance. It's called the Medical Billing Quick Guide for Assistance. And I can send it to you, and then you can be able to share that with your listeners. Um, so it gives them an idea of what we need to look for on our end to, pr to basically prompt them to ask different questions when these things come up. So I, I would say, honestly, the, the hardest job of a practice is, is the dental assistant. They have their hands in everything, surgery, hygiene, labs, exams, post-op, and even admin. I mean, how many times has an assistant answered the phone for us uh, because we're busy? Um, they really do have everything and anything to do with the practice. And so it's honestly a, a one man or woman kind of show in the practice. Uh, they really can do it all. And so in my view, the dental assistant plays multiple parts, the star, the hero, the victim, and even the detective. So I narrowed down five areas that I believe dental assistants play in medical billing um, just maybe they just haven't even realized it. So my first is the investigator. The assistants are the avenue through which exams are, are, are formed because they, they, the patient and the, and the assistant start to speak and they get to obtain all of this information uh, that, that's huge for the doctors to make their diagnosis. And so the, the investigators ask the questions and they do it so in a manner that provides that medical necessity and it helps the billers to, to know exactly what's going on with the patients before the doctor even gets in there. So the first role they play for me is the investigator. Um, so 
they also do this, and this one's going to sound funny, but they play this part called the medication mediator. And what I mean by that is that they're digging deep into a patient's health history. They're looking at all the things that are going on, what medications they take. And what I want to help uh, them to do is to see what could correlate with these things that they're already investigating and mediating to the patients that they're speaking with. So I'm gonna tell you that that is huge. Uh, sometimes we have a patient that thinks they're going crazy. You know, what do you mean I need to have three crowns and, and two fillings done? I brush three times a day, I floss twice a day. How could it be that six months later, I need all of this stuff? when all of a sudden the, the assistant says, hey, I noticed that you use an inhaler. How often do you use it? And have you been using it more than you had prior? And maybe the patient says, hey, as a matter of fact, I, I used to use it sporadically. And for the last six months, I've been using it almost every day. Well, that's a clear case that this patient probably has xerostomia. And that's what the causality of the breakdown of the oral cavity could be. But we're going back to they're taking that medication and mediating the cause and effect that it could be having on this patient's oral cavity. So does that make sense, though? Absolutely. You know, the whole idea of the mouth is connected to the body, guys. Lori knows what she's talking about. <laughs> you are the investigator. <laughs> uh, well, you know, and I only because, you know, the, my assistants, I'm going to tell you, my assistants were so great that I had, I had not written a letter of medical necessity to medical for at least five years because their chart notes did the job every time. Wow. And to me, that was huge. That is time. That is time saved. Those are claims paid quicker. And so, to that, I mean, think of how vital that role is. It's huge. And so, you know, I just wrote down a few questions that they could ask, like, does the amount of, of saliva in your mouth seem to be too little, too much, or have you not really noticed it? And then do you have difficulty swallowing? Or does your mouth feel dry when you're eating a meal? Or how about, do you have to sip liquids in order to, to swallow dry food? just few questions that can help guide the doctor to say, hey, you, you know, this is, this didn't happen before. And now the, you know, per the assistant, you're bringing this up and, and it could have a very direct cause as to why you're going to need all this treatment. And so patients really think they're going crazy. You know, I don't know what else I could do other than to like sleep with the toothbrush in my mouth. <laughs> Um, and have my Sonicare on like the longest time period possible, you know, that, and they really do think they're crazy. And, and I know that our assistants are such uh, comforters that my next role that they play is called relationship builder because they are tremendous relationship builders. I mean, they come to admin and they, they hear and see us sporadically um, but when it comes to the assistant, or as they called them in my practice, the nurse, they were the nurse, and they would be the one that they felt like they could rely on. I even wrote a scenario. A new patient comes in after their exam and x-rays, the doctor determines the initial, that initial periodontal therapy. We called it initial therapy. Most people call it scaling and root planing. We just try to make it sound nicer. <laughs> and that, that would be the best option. 
but the DA notices that she has type 2 diabetes and the doctor confirms the presence of perio. So one caveat that the patient has is that she is highly dental phobic and states that if she can't do it at one time, she can't do it. So enter stage left, the relationship builder of the DA. They make sure the treatment coordinator contacts a traveling GA to make sure that we can have them there for that treatment. Also speaks to the medical doctor so that we can make sure that what we're doing is not gonna interfere with the patient's uh, blood sugar. And speaks to the hygienist to let, them, to let them know the background of the patient. That is a relationship that is huge. And I've seen this exact relationship happen in our practice. And so I put winner, winner, chicken dinner. How good is that? That patient now, now knows I don't have to tell my story to every person that I see at this office because my dental assistant already knows that, that what's going on with me and wants to make sure that people are, are understanding and that, that I don't have to rehash it all. I honestly think that that is a huge play that, that gets undercut. Um, and, and this relationship builder of an assistant in medical billing, it follows all the way through. Yep. You're the, you're the uh, matchmaker. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and it is, you know, I've actually, you know, seen people leave a practice because of the assistant. If the assistant left, so did the person. Yep. And so we can't downplay the, the effect that they have. And it's, and it's a good effect. I don't want it to seem like that it's, they could break the practice apart because they can't, but it's, it is something that I want that person at the practice because they are relationship builders. They're not there just to look at your teeth. They're there to build a relationship between the practice and the patient. And, and to me, that, that is worth gold. And so continuity my, of having that assistant with confidence and, and knowing, you know, what you're saying when you're saying it. Absolutely. Uh, and that's, you know, the whole goal of this podcast is to help educate dental assistants so that they can continue to grow and take forth this knowledge, Lori, that you're giving today <laughs> to realize what their role really is. And, and, you know, I always tell people when I, when I do a lecture or when I speak uh, to a two-day course, I always state this is medical billing is not a one person show. It is not the Lori show. It is not the whoever show. It takes your team. And if your assistants don't know what you need, how can you get upset with them when you're not even telling them? Mm -hmm. They don't, they only know what you tell them. And you know, what I did is I created encounter forms and I gave them to the assistants and I said, Tell me what we, what's wrong with this and what's right with this. And that way they could know what verbiage I needed because it was all written out and they could be able to make their notes according to what the verbiage was on the encounter forms. And it was up to the assistants under each, you know, between perio and implant and bone graft and what their, how they thought it should come into play in the sequence of how they do things in the operatory, because I'm not in there. And I don't want to say, I know exactly what happens because I don't. That's what their role is in this piece. And I don't want to take the place of it. I just want to know what they need from me to make it to work. And so, yeah, so it's, I, I just love assistance. 
they are also my fact finders. And that's where your rubber meets the road because without the listening ears of our DAs, there might not be any facts to list. And so have you ever heard this scenario? Patient comes in and they're chatting with the assistant and chatting and chatting and chatting and chatting and chatting and chatting. The doctor walks in, doctor says, hey, how are you today? And patient goes, I'm fine. <laughs> and all of a sudden you have dead silence. Well, that's where our assistants are so vital because then they can say, doctor, you know what? She's not really fine. She's been taking ibuprofen every four hours, not sleeping at night. And she's been doing this and that. And that's why, you know, I think assistants devalue themselves because they think they're not supposed to say anything when the doctor doesn't know unless you tell them. Yep. And so that is what a good handoff is. And now I'm not saying that the, that assistants or hygienists or even admin can diagnose, but we play a great big part in the knowledge of what the doctor has in order to diagnose. And every piece of information is important. And when that patient's chatting with you and chatting with you and even talking about their lifestyle, that is huge. And if the doctor doesn't know what he might try to diagnose that would take up the time, maybe that would come into play to, for the assistants to say, hey doctor, his son is graduating from, from high school. Can we time this so that we can work around that to make sure he's available for family in that special event? Does that make sense on why that, to me, plays a huge part of fact finding for our doctors? because they don't have all the little bitty details that the assistants can get. Yep. And so I just really, you know, I, I say my assistant is the real hero because that they are the ones that get all these details and, and even making them in the notes might seem tedious to us, you know, sometimes, but believe it or not, those notes are vital to even with our medical billing because we can say how urgent it is when we know the patient's been up all night and we know that they have a two millimeters um, swelling and it's red and hot to the touch. Those are all things that are, are definitely, this is important to follow through with, not to let it keep going. One of the other avenues of fact finding um, I have found is that when you have a patient in pain, they are not going to tell the doctor the true level of pain. I don't know why. I really don't. But they always make sure the assistant knows. And so with that level of discomfort and pain, that's where our assistants need to be able to to prompt their doctors to say, you know, doctor, she's not been feeling well, or she's been in a, a pretty significant amount of pain. What can we do to help her with that as soon as possible? Yep. Because otherwise, there's, there's no way for our doctors to have ESPN. I mean, ESP. <laughs> they just can't. And, and if you think about this, their, their mind is, might be into the next surgery. And so we have to be able to, I, I think our job is to prompt so that they can see the different things or facets that come about for this particular patient. And within that, all of a sudden, be able to honestly be the hero. 
because now they're advocating on behalf of the patient because of the knowledge that they have from their fact finding. Yeah, so they it, were able to filter it out yes, so that the pertinent yes. stuff is there front and center. Right. And then right. you don't have to worry about, you know, either having the patient repeat themselves or, you know, go on some tangent that may not even be directly related to why they're being seen that day. Absolutely. And, and I think that it is so vital for assistants to know that this, this would not happen without them. And they, you know, they, I know that they have a lot on their plate, but any kind of information that they get is vital. And I mean, even if they just didn't sleep last night, that's vital because I could use that on my claim as far as the importance of moving forward as soon as possible. And so little things like that are, are huge. Um, it, and it goes all the way down to, um, you know, whether they say that, hey, I have, I have a new puppy. Well, the new puppy also ha keeps me up all night. And so I've not slept well. Maybe you have a sleep apnea case and this, and this person is being screened. That would be a good thing for the doctor to know so that maybe the, it could be skewing some of the things that he's trying to screen for. So yep. a whole bunch of different things like that. That's why I really believe our assistants are fact finders. I mean, our dentists are too, but our assistants get a lot more time with those patients. Yep. I love um, it. <laughs> what do you got I next? Know, <laughs> I know. Number five is they are the treatment sleuths. And that it, it, it's, it's like this. Our doctors are going to listen. They're going to look. They're going to look at all the diagnostics and they're going to diagnose. Now they're going to talk to the patient about the specific things that they see and why the, the treatment and how it can help, right? So they're going to go over all that and then guess what? They leave. And now it's up to the dental assistants to step in to give more detail, but not just more detail. They're going to know where that patient's heart is if it's something that is blowing them away or they're very apprehensive or they're scared to death because sometimes the doctors can't see that or they kind of put up a facade while the doctor's in the room and once the doctor's gone they kind of let go now i've even had patients start bawling with our assistants for initial therapy or scaling and root planing I mean, simple as that, they were in tears, not because of the cost, but because of the procedure. And who was the one that stepped in to take that? It was our assistants. Yep. And by getting that part of it, you know, I, I, I should maybe change that to the counselor because they're able to, re, you know, reassure them that it, it, it is going to be okay. It is going to be the best treatment option. And it's, and it's not going to be what they're thinking in their head. I always tell people when I, when I teach, scaling and root planing, do you know what the first picture that comes into my head is one of those wood planers. <laughs> and you rub it across with both hands. Yes. And, and that's exactly what I think of. And if, I'm, if I think of it that way and I'm in dentistry, 
how much more would our patients be thinking the same thing? So yes, scaling and root planning sounds horrible. Scaling, what are you scaling? What do I have that needs to be scaled? And then how about root planning? Oh, I'm gonna take this big long planer and run it across your roots and that's gonna tickle. You know, so you have this great fear and the one person that always ends up talking to them about it is our assistants. And they, they, they are, I always tell people, I don't ever convince anybody in my treatment room about moving forward. Never. That's my assistants. They do that. They are the ones that help explain clinically what the doctor had mentioned, what he was talking about, more detail. So that when they get to me, they might still be fearful, but they understand that it's the best treatment option. And I always loved, you know, the assistants to be able to go over that. And you know what? My assistants always used to prep me and let me know, hey, this one is really scared. And so I'm going to take a few more minutes with them. So that is, that's called the communication. That's where, uh, you know, Kevin Henry has his, um, his lecture he does on the front and back. And I think if the back knew more about the front and the front knew more about the back, I don't think we'd have the difficulties that we do have. I mean, I loved my back. I, I love, I don't even like to call it back. I, I call it my clinical team. Don't forget to check out Zen Supplies, guys, for all of your ordering needs. Um, they are my clinical team. I don't try to take the place of a clinical uh, assistant because they are in the procedures. I am not. And so I want to make sure if, if I'm ever in an operatory or in a treatment room or in my, in my office, speaking with a patient about the treatment and they come up with a question, even though I might know the answer, I'm going to go get their assistant because that assistant has, has already built that relationship with the person. And as long as they're available, I want to make sure that we stay consistent with who's giving clinical information and who's giving financial information. Yes, 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 yes. And so <laughs> I mean, it is just, it, I just love it. But a lot of times that it's because of my assistants that the, the case acceptance went from a no to a yes. And I cannot take credit for that. And I, I wish more people would give their assistants credit for the fact that they convert the treatment from a no to a yes. Yep. Um, We're and, the translators, Lori. We yes. translate the information in a way that every, you know, every patient um, hears things in a different way. And, and, and as the relationship builder and the investigator, you know what language that patient speaks. Yes. You know, and you can communicate to them the importance and in and, and detail without, you know, overwhelming them. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's why I, I really wanted to, to speak to assistants because I, I think that, yes, they have such a huge job on, I mean, like I said in the beginning, they have their hands in everything. And I, I, I mean, when you have to make all your notes by the end of the day and you have to, I mean, there's a lot of you have to's for an, for an assistant. 
you have to get things sterilized. You have to get the lab done. You have to get the uh, everything wiped down. I mean, I I did my best to to be able to step in when needed, but I'm not I'm not an assistant. I can only literally just step in when needed. <laughs> you know, wiping down a room, I can do that. So if I can do that, so you can get your notes done. Maybe if more admin realize there are just periodic times when we need to be that step in to let them get a little more detailed on their notes. Um, and, and you know what, it goes full circle because if they're detailed on their notes, I might take five minutes to wipe down a room, but now I just got an $80,000 claim paid by medical. Yep. So, I mean, it literally does come full circle. And we need to see that everything we do in our, in our practices will come full circle as long as we realize everybody's role is, is number one, it's important. There's no, there's no minor parts in, on the dentistry team. Uh, everybody has, I'm going even to the, to the sterile tech. I mean, our sterile tech was now our lead assistant. So that, that's how far it should be reaching. The education, the, the vitality of what they're doing um, should all be in, in, come into play and realize it comes full circle. I mean, I know like Tia went from uh, assisting to uh, training to office manager. I mean, so you can imagine how many hats that woman can wear. <laughs> and so, you know, and that goes for all assistants. Uh, all of them have so many hats that they wear. You know, I, I, like I said, if, if that same patient that I was speaking to were to call on the phone and ask me as the treatment coordinator a clinical question, if I were to answer that clinical question, I've just decreased the value of that assistant. Yep. And so I would rather, even if I know the answer, so please don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I don't know the answer, but I still want that patient to have the value of the clinical with my assistants. And that's, that's what I do is I would take a message. I'm gonna get this to her, she's in a surgery right now, as soon as she can, she'll give you a call to answer that question for you because I really think that it's vital for them to keep clinical clinical and keep admin admin. Yep. And you know, it's just like the medical um, template. I mean, when you call to check about, you know, I have my, my toe is really, really swollen. The, the lady at the front desk, when you call to the doctor's office, isn't going to say, oh, well, it sounds like you have an ingrown toenail. No, they're going to direct your call to the nurse. <laughs> exactly. And, and I really think that if we would stop, kind of take a step back and say, okay, so we have all these parts that, that our assistants are doing, investigating, mediating, building these relationships, fact-finding, and, and being a treatment sleuth and seeing where the patient is on the thought of what the treatment is going to happen. I think if we go backwards and say, okay, how can we make it easier? Because we live in a fast paced world. And one of the things I, that I created uh, is called the medical billing quick guide for assistance. And I have medical conditions that we would look for in to bill to medical, as well as medications linked to oral complications. 
and then kind of some easy ones, some accidents, incidents, or traumatic injury. So a lot of people think that accidents are only things that you've gone to the emergency room for, or that you've um, maybe gone to the urgent care. But how about this one? What if you're holding your baby, they arch their back and, and fling their head into your 24 and 25? Is that an accident? Absolutely. So that needs to be considered, but sometimes we don't find out on the admin side that this occurred. And so assistants need to know that we could go a different avenue instead of dental billing to be able to get them some medical benefits by simply completing a, an accident incident form. It's all about the documentation. And so if the assistant writes that this accident or incident occurred and as many details and or says see accident report on file that right there in their notes is huge because they don't have to give all the details that the patient writes on the form they can just say see accident report on file dated whatever the date would be today's date um, that is a huge benefit but sometimes, like I said, we try in admin to get this information, but sometimes it falls through and we, we just know they're coming in because they're having discomfort or the patient doesn't give us enough details over the phone. And so help, I, I wrote this to help them to see what kind of things could be a possibility for medical insurance, uh, such as oral cancer screening, the nutrition counseling, smoking cessation, A1C testing, radiology, including PAs, bite wings, full mouth, pano, and cone beam. So when we step back to say, you know, how many, how many x-rays did you give away in your practice this week? Well, there went your race because you know it's a lot. I know it's a lot. And so if you give away even one cone beam, number one, you've devalued the services that you provide. So you've taken the time of the assistant to take the cone beam and you've just devalued everything that she did by saying, we'll just not charge you for that. Yep. And so I'm not saying that it needs to be a ridiculous fee. It needs to be a fee you're comfortable in accepting, but I'm just saying all cone beams should be billed to medical a hundred percent. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's all a matter of symptom. Why are you taking it? Are you taking it to see if there's atrophy? Are you taking it because the patient has an infection? What's the why? And then so uh, kind of just some little hints of, of things that are possibly covered. And then on the other page is a whole list of, of medications going from acne to addiction to allergy to Alzheimer's, antibiotics, um, things that are affected in the oral cavity directly. So I, you know, I just want them to have some help in, you know, say, what, what am I supposed to look for? Triggers. Uh, <laughs> everything, and, anything and everything that could possibly happen in the oral cavity. Um, I was talking to somebody about their patient who's diabetic, and I said, you do realize that everything should be billed to medical, right? She goes, no. I said, well, you know what? If you can keep the oral cavity bacteria level down, you are helping their A1C level to be down. So why would that not be billable to medical? So perio maintenance, images, 
you've got a whole slew of things that should have been billed to medical that if you think about, you, you'll say, you're right, that, that really does affect, this is direct correlation. One of the things I just researched, um, it's gonna be on one of my blogs that are, that's coming out, is the, um, the digestive issues that our patients are suffering from that have direct oral manifestations like Crohn's disease, um, ulcerative colitis, huge, huge oral co correlations. And so things like that, if, if an assistant knows, hey, you have Crohn's disease, let's, let's look a little further at, at kind of what things you're experiencing so that we know if we can maximize your benefits through medical. And that gives your patient an idea that you're not dealing only with their teeth. You're looking at full health. Um, and Uche always says, you know, it starts in the gut. Yep. And it's really true. It starts in the gut. And it, it, it can be affected by some of the foods you eat. So one of the things when Uche says that, I always say, so if, a, if somebody with Crohn's disease eats certain foods, they get worse. Right? Right. And if somebody with ulcerative colitis eats certain foods, they get worse. So we need to go back and say, okay, let's talk about how your oral cavity works with this ulcerative colitis. And some of the things that you could be experiencing are manifesting in your mouth. And most people just don't realize how much their oral cavity displays disease before the doctors even see it. The signs are there and the science is getting out there enough to where we can, you know, you can pull up these PubMeds, you know, if, if there's a hesitant patient guys and, and maybe they aren't connecting the dots and you're doing everything, use your resources. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, that's what DevDent is about. We, we just want to be there to educate and let you know what we know and, and help you to use it uh, to just get, get your practice thinking differently. Because I'm going to tell you, I believe in five years, dental insurance is going to go away and they're going to merge and you're going to have to start figuring out this diagnosis code thing uh, sooner rather than later. And you're only doing your patients a service, guys, especially if they don't have dental benefits or if they are programmed to think that that's the only thing that dictates what kind of care they receive. You are going above and beyond to truly develop that relationship with your patient by saying, I'm, we're going to do all these extra steps to make sure that we take care of what's going on. So one of the, one of the um, last things I can leave you with is this. I have, um, so we have a hygienist and an assistant at our practice that found an amelioblastoma at two millimeters. Mm. Two millimeters. That guy lost two millimeters of bone on the mandible. And how did it come about? It wasn't because of the doctor. It was because of the hygienist and the assistant. Yep. So, you know, you, you can, if anybody doesn't know what an amelioblastoma is, it's bad. And if that had not been caught, just because the, the hygienist said it didn't look right and the assistant took the cone beam, and that's how it all came about. And the doctor said, let's get him into the, the University of Washington today. 
And it was all because of them that they were able to move forward. And he only lost that little, little bit to where only one implant had to be placed. Wow. So that is huge. Yep. Proactive medicine instead of reactive medicine. If you're in that mindset, Lori, I think we can really help a lot of people. Absolutely. And you know what? That patient will never leave the practice. Never. He, he has referred actually more people to our practice uh, because of just his story. And, and that's, that's what it's about. It's about, you know, people ask about even marketing medical billing to others. And I tell them, I never had to because our patients did it all. Yep. Our patients marketed. They'd come in and we got 12 patients from one. We've had all on four cases because a patient recommended us. And so that's, that to me is a great team. The sign of a great team is when other patients want their friends to come see them. Yep. That's signs that you're doing it right. And you are the advocate for the patient. And if they believe that you're giving them the best possible care in all aspects, whether it's filing medical insurance or care in the back or the precision of your restorations. Absolutely. It's all, like you said, it's all full circle. Everybody has that part. I loved it. Lori, 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 thank you so much for coming on the show. You know, if if any of our listeners, uh, so I'm in the show notes, I'm going to put your links, but if anybody wants to reach out to you in any way, you know, say they have a couple of questions for you, how would they go about doing that? They can email me at Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E at devdent, D-E-V-D-E-N-T.com. Um, if I'm, I'm usually not available by cell only because I fly everywhere. Um, my, my, I'm going to be home probably 10 days in the month of June and July. (laughs) So, um, it's going to be a very busy, but so exciting. I, I, I love helping people. And so if you need help, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, and if I email you back, you'll have my cell phone number because it's on my email address. But we, we certainly, I always tell people, please text me first, because if I'm on a plane, they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I can't yeah. wait until you guys go and dive into these, these cross codes that you're talking about, Lori, like the whole idea, like, look at what we have in these decodes and then look at the cross reference. All these tools are there for you. Yes. And we There's can, no reason to be scared anymore. A lot of people will say, and what cracks me up about dental insurance? Well, you can only take a, a full mouth every five to seven years and sometimes 10, but we will only accept images for treatment in the last year. How does that work? Yep. And so I tell people, think about it this way in medical, if you were to break your toe, you go to the doctor or urgent care, and this is, uh, this is my story. <laughs> I was reading TRICARE law, tripped over the fan in my house and broke my toe. <laughs> and I went to urgent care. They took an x-ray. They actually took two x-rays. They sent me over to a podiatrist. He took two more x-rays. He sent me back to my medical doctor who took, again, two more x-rays. This is all within a two-day period. All of those claims were paid. Why? Because they all needed to see an image in their stuff to see what was going on with my toe. Yep. And so we think of it as, well, they're not going to pay. Well, we have right now people in our medical billing company that are getting paid for full mouth series, bite wings, PAs, 
And so you can't tell me that it doesn't work. It doesn't work because you haven't done it. Yep. And so the whole goal is that if, if you take a full mouth on patients and you have to, otherwise you're, you're diminishing your, your liability or you're increasing your liability. But if you don't take that full mouth series, what is the alternative? You write it off. And if you bill it to medical, it's the same diagnosis as, is, as if you were doing it to dentistry. Yep. You, got, you know crystal balls. Yes. And, to you, to treat. <laughs> yeah, and I always tell people, I said, wouldn't it be nice to actually get paid for what you do versus get paid for what is covered? Absolutely. And so that, that's where, you know, I, we have some people that have to take a cone beam and a full mouth series. Now, what would happen if they build that to medical or to dental? Number one, the cone beam's not covered. It, I, have, I have found like one insurance company, MetLife, periodically certain plans will cover a cone beam, but, very, but not all, not, it is not an all the time thing. But medical knows it's diagnostic. And so they pay for it and cover it usually at 80%. Um, but again, don't get ridiculous with how much you charge because whatever you charge, you should be comfortable in collecting that from your patient. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's why it's important guys to review your fees. You know, when they do get updated, have that team meeting, everybody be on the same page, what's working, what's not working. What can we do to truly help these patients? And so I'll give you a little, a little hint. If you go to fairhealthconsumer.org, you can find out what your dental fee should be for your zip code. Ooh, I didn't know about that. By code. Now you can find your medical fee also, but if you want to say, I, I just want to see where we're at, it starts at the 70 percentile for your zip code. And if you're not at that or above that, you need to increase your fees. I love it. That is a beautiful nugget of of knowledge right there. <laughs> I actually have some offices that I've trained. They actually have a link on their website to Fair Health Consumer so their patients can see that they're not high priced. Yes. So I, I think that it can be used in multiple ways, but number one, it's free. Um, and so you're not going to have to pay somebody to research your fees. And, you know, I, I find that if you can find these little things that can help you look at what your practice should be doing, could be doing. Um, it, it's better when you don't have to pay through the nose. Yep. Information should be free whenever possible. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise there's less resistance. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, oh, Lori, thank you. Yes. And I, and I will email you the, the, the assistant uh, quick guide and then uh, people can either get to you to download it um, or you can email it to them. I love it. It's perfect. It's perfect. Thanks for tuning in to another episode, guys. And thank you so much, Lori Owens, for taking the time to share some of your pearls with us. I think dental assistants don't even realize that we have a huge part when it comes to communicating with patients. And being able to use that information and transfer it properly so that you can file medical insurance because at the end of the day, being able to help your patients say yes to treatment because they have the opportunity to file their medical insurance 
is key. We want to help them. We want to do everything in our power to be able to get them to say yes to stuff that they need. Right, guys? So as always, if you want to get a hold of DA Rockstars, we have the Facebook page. You can message through there. We have Julie Varney on Dental Assistance Rock, the website, or Instagram. And as always, find your tribe. Dental Assistance Worldwide Group is a safe place for assistance. So until next week, keep on suctioning.